This is Players Only, a show about high school sports from high school students. Presented by Point Guard Advisors. Find them at pointguardadvisors.com. Good morning, everybody. Today is the last Sunday of February. February 26, 2023. Welcome to another edition of Players Only, presented by Point Guard Advisors. On ESPN Radio Syracuse, 97.7 and 100.1 FM, 1200 AM, 1440 AM. You can also listen to us online at ESPNSyracuse.com, as well as uh, get the podcast for it, or wherever you get your podcast. Just type in ESPN Syracuse and look for players only. You can also listen to us on the ESPN app. I'm Matt Slocum, and joining me once again, Ryan Story, who came back from a pretty eventful trip from yeah. Italy. Had some um, bumps down the road, but ended up getting there, and it was a lot warmer there. So. <laughs> it's a lot warmer there than it is here. Um, but, hey, you know, spring is around the corner, we hope. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, hopefully we'll get more in the way of warm temperatures. Yeah. Uh, melt a lot of the snow that we got this past weekend and all the ice that we got. Ugh, man. Let's just say you didn't miss much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Today is also a special kind of day. It's the 26th of February, and that means we are in the tail end of Section 3 championships here uh, across all sports, especially the way our show is going to be based off today. It's going to be an all-ice hockey show today. Mm-hmm. It really is, because yep. the boys' ice hockey finals are tomorrow uh, with Division Two facing off at 5 o'clock at the Upstate University Memorial Arena and the D1 final following right around 7.45-ish or so. And uh, we got some good finals. Yeah, We definitely. got some really good finals. And uh, we'll spend the first segment here talking about at least one of those finals, and that's the D2 final uh, to kick things off at 5 o'clock, uh, playing at the Upstate Memorial Arena. And we got an upset in the making, uh, could potentially be. We got CBAJD versus Skinny Atlas in the D2 final. The three seed versus the one seed. Yep, and you look at the bracket, CBA JD beat upset number two, Cortland Homer, 4-3 in overtime to get to this point. Skinny Atlas, on the other hand, they had an easy route. They had a bye going into the semis, and they beat Clinton in the semis uh, 10-0. So Skinny Atlas breezed through. CBA JD had to earn their way here. So let's preview this game. You know, here in the last last five games between the two, it's been all skinny Atlas. It really is, has all been. Um, the closest matchup between the two, uh, there's two particular dates. We go back to December 8th, 2021. Skinny Atlas beat CBAJD 2-1. And then by the same score, about a year, a year and a couple months later, uh, February 22nd, 22, Skinny Atlas again beat CBAJD by the same score, 2-1. The remaining games, all shutouts. 7 nothing in January 22, December 22, 4-0, and then January of this year, 3 nothing. So, with that being said, do you think CBAJD has a chance? I mean, I think they have a chance. It just comes down to if they can weather the barrage of shots that Skinny Atlas is going to be able to get. I think uh, CBA is going to need to control the puck, especially early in the game. They can't allow for uh, Skinny Atlas to control time of possession uh, with the puck. And 
if you allow Henry Major to get going, it's just going to be pretty impossible to stop them. Is Major, uh, the sophomore, 60 points on the season, already has 137 points in his high school career as just a sophomore. And in each of his past four games, he's had at least three assists. Uh, just an insane player. So if you can force him to maybe, uh, if you can just shut him down and not allow him to be running the Skinny Atlas attack, I think you have a much better shot of being able to stop the Skinny Atlas team. Yeah, and and you look at the the stats we have for uh, both teams here. Um, one of the key players, I think, on this, uh, two players, I think, on this uh, CBAJD team, uh, Finn Wheeler, mm-hmm. defenseman, 11 goals, 40 assists. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He is definitely a version of what we call an offensive defenseman. Mm-hmm. Um, not only scoring goals, but setting up setting up teammates for goals. Also, Quinn Weimer, who we'll have on the show later today, um, 24 goals, 21 assists on the campaign. That's not bad either. Yeah. So re- two really good players. Who else do you think might have to step up for CBA? And you, you look at Joe Dodderer, the, uh, also a first-team all-star defenseman to go along with Wheeler. Uh, both those two have really just anchored CBA's great defense. And then you also got to look at uh, Ben Bristol-Murray, who had two goals versus Cortland Homer. Alex Binsack, who had the game-winning goal in overtime against mm-hmm. the Golden Eagles. But then... I think it comes down to how they play at goalie that could decide this game, especially early on, where you look at it's either going to be junior Ben Lavelle or freshman Justin Buffum. They've been uh, in a goalie battle all season trying to fight for playing time. It looks like they'll go with Lavelle after he had a pretty solid showing versus Cortland Homer, only allowing three goals in that one. But um, if you can... Because the goalie position has been kind of a weakness yeah. for CBA, JD all year. So if you can establish who your goalie is going to be and have them play even a, just a solid game, because you don't need a great game. You just need a solid game. And if you can get that with their offense, they're going to have a much better shot at beating the Lakers. Yeah, and on the other side of the coin, we look at Skinny Atlas and you look at some of the players they've got on their team. Mm-hmm. Uh, Henry Major, by the way, 25 goals, 35 assists, and he's yep. only a sophomore. Mm-hmm. He was a freshman last year. I remember calling the D2 final last year. And Henry Henry Major just seen that he was only a freshman on the team and just was like, it's like he played the game for like forever, yeah. which is like, <laughs> which is like a lot of players do at this age. You know, you feel like you play the game forever, but leading the team in goals and assists with 25 and 35 respectively. Um, another player I think you got to watch out for, Jack Torrey, 14 and 18, uh, as well as Andrew Gaglione, 19 and 13. Mm-hmm. Any other uh, players on here because it looks like Skinny Alice has got, uh, you know, maybe not so much in terms of a lot of goal scores. It looks like a lot of their goals are relied on goal scoring is a lot, ugh, a lot on those three players. Who else needs to step up for the Lakers just in case if they fall behind? Well, one player I'm really looking at is Andrew Falkenberg, the junior defenseman on the season. Doesn't have a goal, but he has 17 assists. He's very good at hitting that almost outlet type pass down mm-hmm. the court, setting up one of his teammates for the open shot. And uh, especially defensively, he's a key part to why uh, Chad Lowe is so good as goalie. Because again, Chad Lowe on the season, uh, 96% save percentage, one of the best goalies I think we've ever seen in Section oh, yeah. 3. Um, so, I mean, with their defense, I mean, that, that's why CBA hasn't been able to score a goal in either of their past regular season matchups against them. Mm-hmm. That's that's why on the season, uh, Skinny Ellis has a 7-0 uh, point, advantage versus, or point differential versus the brothers. 
So if CBA is able to get scoring, it's going to be a lot tougher for Skinny Atlas, and that's why with their defense, I'm looking for Falkenberg to take a step up. All right, so let's look at how both of these teams got here. We first start off with Skinny Atlas, who essentially dominated D1 throughout uh, D2 throughout the entire year. Mm-hmm. Um, they only really had three losses under their belt, um, and there were three losses to really good teams. Oh yeah, uh, in West Jenny losing uh, all against D1 team, uh, with the exception of Cortland Homer. Uh, West Jenny losing them two nothing, a really good West Jenny team. We'll talk more about them later, as well as losing to Bowensville as well by the same two nothing score. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then losing to Cortland Homer. In fact, actually splitting the season series with uh, Cortland Homer. Um. Uh, after losing that game in December 6th, they've hardly ever lost yep. at all. I mean, really, the only closest loss, I think, other than uh, the closest win um, out of the rest of the game was pretty much by three goals. Yeah, they um, had two three-goal games versus one versus, or sorry, three of them, one versus Colin Homer, one versus CBA JD, and then one versus New Hartford. Yeah. So outside of that, it's been pure dominance. Right. And, you know, Skinny Atlas has, like, walloped through the rest of the second half of their schedule. They've now... Uh, are on, let's see, three, six, nine, ten game win streak, including mm-hmm. uh, beating Clinton in the semis. Um, this is a team that looks really hard to stop right now. And I mean, yep. and you look at some of the non-section games they played. They played Pelham earlier in the year. Huge win, a like, huge win. Pelham that was, was the huge. Team, they eliminated them. Uh, they eliminated Skinny Atlas last year in, in the, the state playoffs. tournament. In the, yeah, in the state tournament, and that was where Skinny Atlas. I think even more than this year, they were probably the favorites to win it all at the D two level. Right. And that upset in mm-hmm. I believe the regionals. Of, it was either the yeah. semis or the state semis or even the. You state know, you're, final. you might be right. It might have been the state semis. Might so, have been the state semis. Yeah, and that upset just was shocking. Yeah. And so. Uh, it shocked being a able, lot of people. Being state. able to go back to Pelham <laughs> and just beat well, they were, them. They actually ended up hosting Pelham. Oh, yeah, they did host them. But, yeah, that was just a huge win to establish that they didn't get worse. Or if they did, even though they lost some talent, they didn't get worse from last year. Mm-hmm. They're still a team that is going to be running D2 for a long time. And you look at how CBAGD got to this point. It, it started out really well for them. Yeah. It really did. Um Essentially, only lost one game at least heading into the first half of the season, and that was again to Skinny Atlas uh, on the road. Um, and then they ended up winning, you know, eight in a row heading into the second half of the season. And there, they just sort of slid mm-hmm. a little bit. Ended up winning only one of their next seven games, yep. which was a nine-one crush over Clinton on the road. But again. A uh, lot of tough games. I mean, including January thirty first against Oswego. That game, losing seven to four on the road, mm-hmm. and Oswego was not doing too well on yeah. the year. Mm-hmm. That sort of ended up being a wake up call, uh, especially after losing to Ithaca February seventh a couple weeks later, and then ended up winning their next four in a row, including the quarters over New Hartford, and then that upset went over Cortland Homer. That's how they got to this point. This has been a, bat- a season of up and downs. CBAJD all year long, um, and, and again, just playing at this type of schedule. They all they didn't play any out of section three games at all this year. No, they because they played Ithaca. Oh uh, well, is, they, well, they which played is that I mean, one game it's basically Ithaca. in section three because uh, Ithaca really doesn't have much of a section four schedule, right? And uh, we see pretty much every single D two team plays Ithaca at least once. Yeah. So and. But again, an up and down campaign. They ended up finishing the year fifteen and seven overall, nine five uh, in Division Two. They ended up getting the three seed. 
This is going to be a tight one. So who do you got winning this? Uh, I'm going to go with Skinny Ellis, but I think it's going to be a lot closer than last time. Um, because I think in each of the past two games, it's been a stat. The game has been out. The outcome has been decided. Excuse me. In the first uh, period of play, I think CBA has to at least be winning uh, by a goal in the first if they want to have if they want to win this game. And I think it's going to be tied, and that's why I think Skinny Atlas is going to win this game by just one goal. Three to two is my final score prediction. All right. Well, I won't give a prediction because I'm calling this game. Mm-hmm. I'm calling both finals at the Upstate Memorial Arena tomorrow. But um, you know, I'm I'm gonna like this game. I think CBAGD is gonna put up a good fight. Mm-hmm. The thing is, Skinny Atlas is just way too good. That's I true. mean, they got they got three really good goal scorers, and you know, again, those three. Heavy on the goal scoring, but yeah, you know they got players on this team that that could contribute in other ways besides scoring. Mm-hmm. The Lakers do, yeah. And this is a year I think that they are gonna not only win the Section Three Championship but also also the state championship. I'd be surprised if CBAJD wins this one, mm-hmm. uh, but I also wouldn't be su- I I wouldn't also be surprised if this game wasn't close because mm-hmm. Skinny Atlas is just too good. Once they start scoring goals, they're hard to stop. Yeah. I mean, and in the two matchups this year, Skinny Atlas won them both. Yep. And, you know, again, this is, it's it's not going to be an easy task by any means. I just don't see it happening, really, to be honest. Yes. Yeah. Um, but again, anything can happen, especially during this time of year. We'll take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about the Division One final. And, oh, boy, yeah. you might have seen these two teams before. It's going to we'll be talk- a good one. Oh, yeah. We'll talk more about that when we come back here on Players Only, presented by Point Guard Advisors on ESPN Radio Syracuse 97.7 and 100.1. This is Players Only, a show about high school sports from high school students. Presented by Point Guard Advisors. Find them at pointguardadvisors.com. Welcome back to Players Only, presented by Point Guard Advisors on ESPN Radio Syracuse, 97.7 and 100.1. Now we talk about the Division One final. And, mm. oh boy, stop me if you've heard this one before, okay? So we have two teams who are very, very familiar with each other, who have met plenty of times in the past, <clears throat> We also met in last year's final, and really don't like each other. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just say that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's And you probably guessed it. It's West Genesee versus Baldwinsville. Uh, and, <clears throat> you know, this should be another fun one. This really should be a good one. You look at the head-to-head of the last five games, um, <clears throat> go all the way back to last season. Uh, West Jenny beat Baldwinsville back. Uh, have won the la- four out of the last five, with the exception of this past January, where Baldwinsville finally got the upper hand and beat the Wildcats five to four, which came in a very controversial, uh, very controversial last ending. Call, yeah. yeah, and uh, but um, despite all that, the bees ended up getting the the win there, and this is where we're at right now. And you look at the last five. How how did both teams get here? Well, West Jenny. I mean, well, neither team had a bye, by the way. Um, mm-hmm. They were the top two seeds, but neither of them got a bye. They all had to play in the quarters. They beat Cas- uh, West Jenny, crushed the heck out of Casanova. I mean, crushed them 12-3 to and then shut out Syracuse 4 nothing uh, in the semis. And then on Bowensville's side, they had a little bit of a maybe 
less easier of a road. Yeah. They beat Liverpool 4-1 in the quarters and then beat Cicero North Syracuse, a team that was up and coming, by the way. Uh, had won a, like a bunch of their games toward the tail end of the season and then just fall short against the Bees. Ballinsville uh, ended up winning 4 nothing. So here we are now. Both teams, very recognizable. They know each other really well. Um, yeah, th- this should be a fun one. Oh, definitely. Night. Second you look, game. You look at the amount of talent on both sides, and I think it comes down to... Uh, West SC with the best offense in D1 versus Baldwinsville with the best defense mm-hmm. in all of the division because uh, on the season, Beville has only allowed uh, multiple goals in the game five times this year. So that means that's one goal or less in over 80% or over 70% of their games. Um, they've got, again, the best defense headed by uh, defensemen Garrett and Trevor Sutton along with goalie John Shermer. Uh, this defense is just pretty much unpenetrable and then you look at their offense they've got Braden Pennefeather Stevenson and Keegan Lynch uh, leading the way offensively uh, Stevenson with 17 goals mm-hmm. and nine assists on the year and so that's just the Beaville team that is great all around but then I think West Genesee uh, is a better offensive team and I think that's why I'm probably going to eventually take them to win this game just because of their offense Will Schneid 34 goals 35 assists Liam Burge 20 goals 17 assists Jared Yeager with 20 assists, Owen Zonetti with 27 assists. Uh, just West Tennessee all around, I think, is a deeper team. I think the first lines of these teams are very similar, but when you get to the second, third lines, I think West Tennessee is a deeper team and more well-rounded. Yeah, and uh, you know, and, and you look at West Jenny's team, uh, and again, you, you mentioned Schneed, William Schneed, 34 goals, mm-hmm. uh, 13 goals for Michael Hart as well, yeah. uh, 20 goals for... Uh, Liam Burns, this is a really good team. Uh, West Jenny's got, and again, you, you mentioned the offense. On a, on the defensive side of things, you know, uh, you know, again, West Jenny might not be as good of a defensive team as Baldwinsville is, but they're still pretty decent. Mm-hmm. Who do you think needs to step up on defense for West Jenny? Uh, looking defensively again, uh, Luke Beck I think is one of the best goalies that um, I've that I think this season. Uh, this campaign, he's been one of the best goalies I've seen, and he's only a sophomore. By yes, the way. yes, and he had to step up in a big way after Dylan Decina, uh, who was a great goalie last year. He mm-hmm. uh, left as a senior, um, but looking at who has to step up, I'm looking at someone kind of. I don't know. It's tough because there's so many people. Ryan Constein is obviously the star, but we know he's a star. He doesn't really have to like step up. He, he essentially plays more of a four than a defenseman. Yeah, but Will Schneids is a. Uh, Senior, he uh, didn't play as much of a role last year, but this year, uh, seven goals, 15 assists on the campaign. Um, he had four assists and a key win over Rome earlier this year. Mm-hmm. I am expecting him to get two assists in this game, and I think he could be one of the key factors in this West Tennessee defense, not allowing uh, Baldwinsville to get their offense going. Well, and speaking of the Bees, they are the top seed for a reason, mm-hmm. and it's because of their really strong defense. I mean, we talked about uh, John Shermer uh, in goal for Bowensville. He's done mm-hmm. an excellent job. Oh, 222 job. saves uh, and 20 goals allowed, which is amazing mm-hmm. in of itself, which is a great save percentage. On the offensive side of things, you know, again, Brandon Pennefeather Stevenson, you know, we talked about him earlier, uh, 17 goals, 9 assists. Nicholas Carey has 10 goals, 6 assists on the year. Really, those are the only two goal scores that they have. Yeah, It looks like they'd like to spread the puck around and make sure everybody gets a chance uh, to get good shots on goal. 
the thing is, though, going up against this, uh, a West Jenny goaltender as hot as uh, Luke Beck is, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's not going to be an easy task at all. So who needs to step up for Bowensville on offense? Uh, it's it's just so tough because you look at the bees and I think it does come down to how well you can spend it around. I don't think it's even just one player who has to step up because I think it's just all around uh, having everyone really just the chemistry getting that down. But Mitch Burlingame, I think, has done a great job this year, his first year on varsity, and I'm expecting him to maybe uh, put one in the back of the net for the Bees uh, in this game. Yeah, well, and his brother Nolan is a junior. That's true, and he's yeah. got equals on the campaign. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you see the Burlingame brothers out there on the ice, I bet they I bet they put them on the same line. Mm-hmm. Watch out. Yeah. Um, also, Garcia, the two Garcias, Brady and, and Dylan, forward and defenseman. You know, Brady has four goals and eight assists. Garcia can be, uh, Dylan can be a, a, a great playmaker as well. He's only got one assist on the campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> you know, Baldwinsville seems to be more of a complete team this year. And in fact, you look at how they got to this point this season, they finished the year 19, one and one on the campaign, easily the top team in division one yeah. <clears throat> this year. And the lone loss they had was against West Jenny at the beginning of the year where they lost six, one mm-hmm. ever since then, they never lost yet tied a game with Syracuse, the 2-2 tie, back on February 7th. They've won every single game. They have not lost since November. Since November. This is a dangerous Baldwinsville team. Mm-hmm. Very dangerous. Yeah. And you look at some of the non-Section 3 games that uh, Baldwinsville played this year. They played Williamsville South. Mm-hmm. Won that one 7-3. That was pretty big. And then beat Ithaca 4-1. Um. This is a really good Bowensville team. Um, and, and you look at how West Jenny got here. Uh, West Jenny, uh, they finished the year 19-3. and They're on top of Division One for a while. Then they sort of slipped a little, but mm-hmm. mostly because they played against some really good teams out of Section 3. Yep. They beat Pittsburgh-Menden earlier in the year, lost to Suffern, lost to uh, Victor, two really good teams, and again, losing to Bowensville. Uh, back in January, that was that was essentially the dagger there. They got them the two seed, mm-hmm. but this is a good West Jenny team, mm-hmm. and two really good teams, two titans of Division One, going right at each other's throats tomorrow afternoon. Uh, I should say tomorrow evening. Who's going to win this one? And I picked the chalk uh, answer in D2. I'm not going to do that here. I'm going to pick West Genesee, although I do think this is a pretty even uh, even matchup. But West Genesee, I think, has, again, as I mentioned, a deeper team, a more well-rounded team. And that's why the Wildcats are to come out with this one. Hot take, uh, Jared J- uh, Yeager, who um, he was great last year, very clutch for them. Uh, he hasn't scored four points in a game a single time this season. He does it. Uh, tomorrow he's going to have four points tomorrow three assists one goal and he's going to be the reason why West Genesee wins this one six to three for wow. against Baldwinsville wow yeah dang that's that's huge man right mm. there yeah. six three West Jenny mm. oh boy first time uh, uh boy. all season since <laughs> that West Genesee game that people will have allowed six goals yeah wow uh, uh, that would be huge that was the case. Yeah. Um, again, I'm not gonna. I'm, I'm not gonna pick a winner here. Um, I just, <clears throat> I just think th- these two teams know each other really well. Yep. And you know they split the season series, so this is effectively the rubber match. 
this is what we essentially planned up to up until this point, mm-hmm. essentially. Yeah. Um, Hollywood couldn't have written a better script than this, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you have two teams who have played really well in Division One, and, and it's not an easy place. Yeah. I mean, West Jenny, a great, a great out of Section Three schedule, lost to Suffern, lost to Victor, um, beat Pittsburgh, um, beat Pittsburgh Menden, uh, and even Baldwinsville, they played Ithaca and, and beat them too. So these are two really, really good teams. Yeah. And, you know, and, and they're, it's a battle of the Titans, as they say. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is essentially their Super Bowl right here. Winner goes on to the States, loser goes home. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I couldn't think of a better ending to this than what we got right now. Storybook ending. It's a storybook yeah. ending. The question is, which one will end with a fairy tale happily ever after, mm-hmm. or will it be a nightmare? Yeah. So that's that's really the stakes that we got in this one. This should be a great matchup. I remember calling last year's final. Last mm-hmm. year's final was tight as heck. Yeah. Two to one. I expect this final to be just the same. Mm-hmm. And but, you know, who knows? There might be a surprise ending here. Mm-hmm. You never know. Yeah. You know. But as they say, don't judge a book by its cover. Mm-hmm. And we got ourselves a good, good story. It's going to be fun. Good story coming up tomorrow. All right, when we come back, we will have Quinn Weimer joining us from CBAJD. He's going to call into the show and talk about some more hockey. Why not? It's a hot show today here on Players Only, presented by Point Guard Advisors on ESPN Radio, Syracuse 97.7 and 100.1. This is Players Only, a show about high school sports from high school students. Presented by Point Guard Advisors. Find them at pointguardadvisors.com. Welcome back to Players Only, presented by Point Guard Advisors on ESPN Radio Syracuse 97.7 and 100.1. And now we got Quinn Weimer joining us on the show from CBAJD, uh, getting ready to play in tomorrow night's final. Welcome to the show, Quinn. All right, thank you for having me on the show. All right, it's a pleasure to have you here, and uh, we're grateful that you took some time. I mean, obviously, this is a stressful time right now, getting ready for the final, which is, again, a little over 20, uh, 24 hours away. Um, well, I should say a little less than that, but um, it's going to be exciting for you. I mean, how exciting is this? I mean, this has been a really up-and-down season for your team. So how does it feel right now getting ready to play in essentially the biggest game of anybody's high school career. Yeah, it's very exciting. It's been, a, like you said, an up-and-down season, but I'm excited to play in the War Memorial. Um, very cool environment. Grew up going to crunch games there, so I'm excited to play in that arena. Yeah, and so we've seen how uh, your team has played Skinny Atlas twice this year. Hasn't gone the best for uh, you guys so far in either of those two games. What's the key to improving your team's play overall against Skinny Atlas this, uh, tomorrow? Yeah, Skinny is obviously a very good team. They play a great system, so it's just important to stick to our structure, do our job, play within our system, and then also get pucks to the net and get in front of uh, Chad Lowe because he's very good. So get in front of his eyes, get to the net, and kind of get some gritty goals and also play within our system. Yeah, last year you had seven goals, four assists. This year you essentially tripled your goal output as well as your assist output, um, or I should say quintuple your assist uh, total. So how how is the change made from last year to this year? Any specific changes you made that helped you lead to score more goals? 
Um, I think there's just a lot of work off in the offseason game on the ice, um, just trying to improve my game. And then also this year, I've been playing around some uh, great players that have made me better and gave me opportunities to score. So I think it's just a combination of putting a little bit more work off the offseason, also playing with some great linemates that have given me opportunities to score some goals this year. And I mean, you play a big role both offensively and defensively, as well as you compete in faceoffs. You, as just overall, you're one of the most important players to the CBA JD team. Uh, which part of your game would you say you've been, you're the best at, at least uh, this season? Um, this season, I think offensively, I've been a little bit more successful. I'm still trying to clean up my D's a little bit, making sure I always have um, the guy I'm responsible for. But this year, offensively, I feel like it's gone pretty well. and I've uh, scored a, a rate that I've, I've been pretty happy with coming into the year. That was like kind of what I targeted as a goal. All right. You said earlier that you watch the crunch play and you're excited to to be in the uh, War Memorial uh, tomorrow night. Um, obviously, it, you must have watched a ton of crunch games, so I'm going to ask, who's your favorite crunch player, if you have one? Uh, right now, I like Dumont, but uh, <laughs> I don't know if I have a favorite one all the time. I don't really remember a lot of the guys from when I was little. Okay, well, to follow up on that question... Um, you said you like Dumont. Uh, is your playing style like Dumont's, or do you take some of Dumont's abilities and you know make it into your own? I mean, a little bit. I think he's uh, defensively responsible and gets a little offense going. So, I mean, I like the way he plays, but um, a little bit of my own game, a little bit of his game, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. And I know you mentioned that you say, you think offensively that's where you excel the most. Uh, would you say you're best offensively and more of a structured, like the play goes as it's supposed to? Or do you excel more when it's the play breaks down and you have to make something happen on your own? Um, I like just kind of like going with the flow of the play. So when it's kind of just like a loose puck and you kind of uh, got to just work with your alignments to get to the net, I feel like that's um, where it's a little easier to score because then there's breakdowns and you just have to read the play. But also on the power play, um, when you run the right play, it's very, very easy to score. So I'd say both ways. It's um, I like scoring both ways, but I feel like when there's kind of like just flow and kind of what you can do with, with whatever you want with your line of zone, I think that's one of the best ways for me to score. So obviously, Skating Alice was a tough opponent this year. Again, losing both games to him during the season. Um, w- and again, it's it was a great run for you to start the season. You know, essentially winning a whole lot of games uh, to start the year, uh, including a big win over Cortland Homer, uh, a team that we all thought was going to do well in Division Two this year. Um, and and so he- heading into this game here, you know, um, you know, Skating Alice is obviously a, a very best team. Who do you think? had a tough, who also played you guys tough this year? Um, I thought Corey Homer played, played us very well on Tuesday. That was a pretty good game. Mm-hmm. But also had some good games like Oswego and New Hartford. Those are some pretty tough games this year, too. Yeah, and um, as Matt mentioned earlier, it's been kind of a streaky season for your team. Uh, obviously, you started off the year super hot, then had a stretched midway through the season where you lost, I think, six of seven. So how have your coaches and especially the senior leadership on the team helped you through these tough times during the season? Yeah, I think they did a great job of uh, refocusing us and making sure we went back to the basics and making sure we understood the structure of our game and just that each person kind of needs to do 
their job and not someone else's job because when we're all just doing our job, it's hard to beat us. And when we're playing with our structure, we play very well. But it's important to focus on that and not try to do too much. Yeah, and which uh, seniors specifically would you say have been just the most helpful in terms of taking on that leadership role, uh, especially down that stretch? Um, I think all the seniors have done a very good job, but Finn and Joe have been very vocal about what they want us to do. But um, Ben Sack and Nate have also done a good job of telling everybody um, what they need to do and just keeping us all focused. So I'd say all four of our seniors have been great leaders for us this year. Mm-hmm. So and real quick, last question here. Obviously, you're going to be in the Upstate Memorial Arena. It's going to be a raucous atmosphere. Um, what's it going to feel like stepping onto that ice for the first time and taking your warm-ups? I just think it's going to be really cool. I mean, I think there's going to be a lot of adrenaline going, so I'm looking forward to that. I think it'll be super exciting being there in front of all my friends and family in, in that cool environment. Awesome. So you can catch the Division Two final as well as the Division One final on the NFHS Network. I will be on the call for both games, uh, so you definitely don't want to miss this. A really good finals that we got coming up. You can watch them on the NFHS Network. Again, Quinn Weimer, thank you so much for joining the show. Good luck tomorrow. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. All right, no problem. When we come back, we will talk about some of the All-Stars from this past uh, ice hockey season as well. Um, Might be a couple surprises that uh, Ryan has come up with um, that you might be surprised to hear about. I mean, I was surprised when he showed me the list. I thought there were a couple players that should be on the list that aren't. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure Ryan's got some good explanations, but he'll explain more when we come back here on Players Only, presented by Point Guard Advisors on ESPN Radio Circus 97.7 and 100.1. This is Players Only, a show about high school sports from high school students. Presented by Point Guard Advisors. Find them at pointguardadvisors.com. Welcome back to Players Only, presented by Point Guard Advisors on ESPN Radio Circus 97.7, 100.1. Now let's talk about some All-Stars. I mean, I know we got the Section 3 Finals tomorrow, but <clears throat> it's sort of nice to actually like talk about some high school All-Stars that actually have made uh, the list here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is what uh, Ryan has come up with. Uh, we first start off with D1. Uh, he pretty much did it first team and second team, and he did it three forwards, two defensemen, and a goalie. For each uh, for each team, uh, and you're looking at the first team here, I'm kind of surprised he didn't put any Baldwinsville players. Yeah, it's tough because on the first team, and it comes down to Beeville just is so well, like they just spread it out so much that there's not one individual player that really stands out to me as one like first team. Uh, Garrett Sutton was very close to making mm-hmm. first team. Uh, he didn't make first team for the uh, official section three picks. But um, they do a larger first team, so it's easier to put more players on there. Mm-hmm. He nearly made it, but it was just there's so much talent in that first team where it was just Beville was so well rounded. No one made the cut. Yeah, and you also look uh, some of the team that made first team. Zach Blevins of Ontario Bay had 54 points mm-hmm. on the season. He had a great year. Yeah, a really great year for Ontario Bay. Um, and again, it, it just ended in the. Uh, I believe the quarterfinals. Yeah, it ended for them. Close loss to Syracuse. <clears throat> uh, surprising pick on here, Jamison Bucktooth out of mm-hmm. Syracuse also made the first team. Yeah, um, he missed the first half of the season due to a very uh, 
serious injury that he had, but he came back and essentially put the team on his back yep. in the second half. Um, again, it ended up just short. Casanova's Forrest Ives made the team. Uh, Casanova had a pretty good year in D1. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, I mean, because they played in D2 for quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And then they just made the move up to D1 because of population size. Um, and they had a pretty decent year. Yeah, I was expecting a little bit more out of them, especially just in terms of the start of the season. And they started off really slowly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think defensively they were strong, just offensively they were lacking a little bit. And that's where um, I think Forrest Ives definitely deserved to uh, be on first team. Yeah, and then three West Jenny teams uh, players made it. Uh, Will Schmeed, Ryan Considine, and then Luke Beck. Uh, made the first team that round <clears throat> rounds up the first team for Division One, on to Division uh, the second team for Division One. Casanova's Jack Dolan made the list. Fulton's uh, hold on, got to re- got to zoom in here. Yeah. Nico Tardabone Tardabone from Fulton made the second team. He had a pretty good year too. Yeah, Fulton really struggled mm-hmm. uh, the entire year. They just couldn't get any momentum going. Uh, you look at the record. Their record was just flat out disappointing. Only one win, on, I believe, on the year. And so, yeah, again, that's just something you don't look for. But Tardabone really just put the entire team on his back. 35 points on the year. Without him, this team would have been even more nothing. Now, what team is Jake Primo on? Because I can't tell from the logo. Yeah, Jake Primo uh, plays for Rome Free Academy. Rome Free, so, okay. Yeah, so that is, I was going to say the Black Knights. Yeah. Uh, but he had 41 points on the year. Not, not bad for him. Garrett Sutton, the only Bowensville B to make it either on first or second team. Mm-hmm. Garrett yeah. Sutton with nine points on the year. Owen Etal from Syracuse, he made the second team. Uh, and then in goal, Liverpool's James Welch, mm-hmm. 686 saves. It's insane. And you just imagine. He should have been first team. I'm sorry. Yeah, he was first when you make, team. When you make 686 saves on the year, you should make first team. Yeah, he uh, was on first team for the official Section 3 list. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just tough to like imagine what he could do if his defense was better than what it is now because the amount of saves that he has to make even in like there are still games where he allows like three four five goals just while making uh, having having an insane save percentage just because he's uh, they're allowing so many shots on goal it's just tough for welch so i think statistically beck had kind of a better year but um it's so close because well welch is a senior uh He's going to go down yeah. as one of the all-time greats in Liverpool hockey. Yeah, yeah. And, and and but also the thing when you're playing in D1, you're facing a lot of teams that could put a lot of shots on yeah. goal. Yeah, <laughs> so kudos to Welch. I mean, really, he should be first team in my book. Mm-hmm. I would put him in first team. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, to be honest, but anyway, on to Division Two now, and uh, not really surprising in the first team for Division Two. Uh, Henry Major uh, making it for Skinny Atlas along with Chad Lowe and goal. Uh, really no surprise there. Um, yeah. re- two really good players. Cortland Homer had two players on here. Andrew Partagianoni mm-hmm. had 60 points on the year. Mitch Ryder also on the list. And then JD CBA, CBA JD had two players, Finn Wheeler and Joe Dotterer. Both make the first team. Yep. Both defensemen. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so that, that's, that's got to be something. When you have two defensemen on there uh, making first team, uh, you, you know you got yourself something good. Mm-hmm. Heading into the final tomorrow night. Yep. Uh, second team, a little bit more. There's some more uh, teams in here. Uh, one from CBA JD made it. Quinn Weimer, uh, who we just talked to, made second team, <laughs> Division Two. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hunter Everell from Cortland Homer, as well as Ryan Spaulding, made it. Se- second team. Ian Cady from Oswego 
yeah. made second team, 42 points. Luke Misro and Mason Jones from Auburn uh, round out. Mason Jones, 700 saves. Yeah. Wow. And it was tough because having two Auburn players on the list, it felt like Auburn like shouldn't have had that because mm-hmm. they were they were another team similar to Fulton where they really struggled all throughout the season. Um, they just never got going two seventeen and two on the year. But um, yeah, I mean they just. The talent there, Luke Misero as a defenseman was very good. And even Mason Jones, uh, 700 saves, as you mentioned. Uh, and again, as I said with uh, with James Welch, there were games where he would allow a lot of goals, but it's just the talent that he has, you can't discredit him just due to his team. And then uh, one player who I really wanted to put on here was Skinny Atlas's Andrew Gaglione, yeah. um, who we talked about earlier yeah, on we, the show. Yeah, we did. Uh, he had a great year, but just... Uh, with only six players on the list for uh, both teams, it was tough because Ian Katie definitely deserved a spot. Everly definitely deserved a spot. And there's just a bunch of talent here that's not able to be recognized. Yeah. So, yeah. There's a lot of talent in both D1 and D2 that mm-hmm. really should deserve to be recognized Yeah. as an all-star. I mean, obviously what I look forward to at the end of every game that I call is the announcement of the all-tournament teams as well as the tournament MVP. Mm-hmm. Um Obviously, you can't really predict that here because the finals are tomorrow. Yeah. But, um, <clears throat> you know, and, and it's amazing to see so much good talent um, compete. And you have four really great teams in the finals yeah. uh, tomorrow. Uh, Skinny Alice, CBAJD, as well as West Jenny and Bowensville. It should be a fun night in yeah. the Upstate Memorial Arena tomorrow. <clears throat> I'm going to have a blast. This is mm-hmm. going to be fun. I don't know if I'll have a voice at the end of the day tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> with all the hockey going on. Going to be yelling a lot. Oh, boy. There's going to be a lot of goals. Uh, <laughs> a lot of goal calls. Um, again, you can listen to, uh, you can watch. What do you mean listen? You can watch every single uh, final that's uh, tomorrow, the boys' ice hockey finals, as well as the Section 3 girls and boys basketball finals coming up March 4th and 5th um, on the NFHS Network. It's a really Easy, really easy to get a subscription. It's mm-hmm. pretty, pretty cheap too when you definitely think about worth it. it. You always want to support the Section Three athletes who've been <laughs> yeah. working their tails tails off all season to yeah. put in that work, and uh, now we see their work paying off, and they're competing in the sectional championship. Definitely, and you know, not only being aired on a local level, but also on a national level as well mm-hmm. uh, with the NFHS Network. So, definitely some good stuff coming up, and uh, we're looking forward to it. So that'll do it for this edition of Players Only for Quinn Weimer, uh, who joined us on the show. For my co-host, Ryan Story, I'm Matt Slocum, wishing you a very good rest of your Sunday. And try and stay warm. It's going to get cold and snowy again. Mm -hmm. Winter has finally returned. So we'll be back talking to you next week. We talked about boys ice hockey today. Next week, it'll be all about basketball. March Madness has arrived. So we'll talk more about that next week. Until then, so long for now. You've been listening to Players Only, presented by Point Guard Advisors on ESPN Radio Syracuse, 97.7 and 100.1.